Hello, and welcome to the Moms Who Roar podcast. I'm Catrice, the founder of Moms Who Roar. Throughout this series of episodes, you will learn a lot about me and the obstacles I overcame when I became a single mom back in 2012. You will also hear about how I managed to carry on with our lives despite all the setbacks. My story is not unique, and it may be hard to listen to at some points, but my goal and hope is that if I share what worked for me, then maybe, just maybe, it may help somebody else. So let's get into it. Let's get vulnerable. Let's share, cry, and grow together. Let's roar. So today, I kind of want to start back in on something that I've been reading over the last couple of years. Uh, It's a book that I've read multiple times, but also it's somebody that I follow on random podcasts, somebody that I follow on social media, someone that, you know, really opened my eyes to a lot of the things and feelings that I was going through when I became a single mom. Now, this individual was not a single mom when she wrote her books. Um, I think she recently became a single mom through some relationship issues, but the person I'm talking about is Rachel Hollis, and a few of you might be familiar with her, and if not, I truly, truly encourage you to pick up one of her books and dive right in. The book that I'm talking about today is Girl, Wash Your Face. So in this book, Rachel talks about a lot of the lies that us women tell ourselves in order to feel confident in today's world, or, you know, just lies we tell ourselves in a self-deprecating fashion where we just don't feel good enough as a wife, as a mom, as a, as a daughter, as a human. There's a couple of chapters in here that really hit home when it comes to talking about being a mom. And I've also had a few friends reach out to me recently just about things that they've been going through that have been really difficult for them or things that they just feel extremely guilty about. Um, And it all comes down to being judged by other women, by other moms. Um, Whether that judgment is true and in our faces or if it's judgment that we are placing on ourselves because we're comparing ourselves and how we measure up to the moms around us. And I know it can be super easy for me to just say, well, stop doing that because it's not helpful in any way, shape or form. I understand that it's completely impossible to just stop doing it, just to stop comparing ourselves and stop having these thoughts of how other parents or people are judging us based on the way that we choose to raise our children. So in Rachel's book, Girl, Wash Your Face, and I guess I should track this back a little bit. I am not getting paid to talk about this. Rachel and I are not besties, but hey, Rachel, if you're out there and you hear me and you want to become besties, I'm totally down. I digress. Anyways, so in Rachel's book, there are two chapters dedicated to how we think about ourselves as being a mom. Her chapters are outlined by calling them out as the lie. And the chapter I found the most inspiration in recently as I'm listening to her book again um, is chapter nine, The Lie, I'm Not a Good Mom. And I know that so many people, no matter what stages of their motherhood, whether they're single moms or married moms or working moms, um, or even thinking about becoming a mom, a lot of these thoughts that she goes over creep into our head and take up so much residency there that we really do sometimes prevent ourselves from acting on things that we want to do, which would actually make us happy as mothers. So that is why I'm bringing it to point now, because a lot of those thoughts, like I said, 
they take up residency and they hold us back from really truly living in and leaning in to becoming a good mom in our own mindset. So for me, you know, when I was going through this, becoming a single mom, I really thought everybody was going to judge me in so many ways and I just did not want to deal with it. And one thing in here um, that Rachel does point out, is just a paragraph I'm going to read right now, is that, you know, people should parent or moms should parent in whatever way works best for them. All of our families, all of our situations, everything that we're going through, none of it is the same. Unless you're totally tied into like the multiverse and you truly believe that there's a mom on the other end that's just like you going through the same issues you are, our ways of life and how we parent is completely different. Our situations with home, with family, with our own parents, with siblings, it's all different. Our work lives, what we choose to do and how we react, it's all different. So in her paragraph, she says, mom, You should parent in whatever way works for your family and spend less time worrying about what other people's perceptions of how you're doing. Can we just stop being so hard on ourselves and instead focus on the good work we are doing, the results of which are evident in the awesome little people we're raising? Now think about that for a minute. Think about your kids and how awesome they are. And sometimes our kids can be tough. They can be little terrors, you know, but it's just a stage in their life. If you really holistically take a step back and look at the little people that you're raising, their manners, the way they treat other people, their kindness, how they do an art class, how they do in any class, the fact that they get up in the morning, all those little things matter. And you, as their parent, are responsible for how they are acting. Now, she does talk about how sometimes kids can be little jerks, and if that is your kid, then maybe you do have to take a step back and understand that you might need help. Not everybody can do it by themselves, but the fact that you care about it at all is important. So can we just agree that imperfection is okay? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm the most imperfect mom I know, Uh, but You also know that if you're on social media, if you found this podcast, you might be actively searching for ways to compare yourself to other moms. Another one of our chapters in here tells you to delete all that bullshit until you can mentally separate yourself from the moms that you see on Pinterest to the mom that you are in real life. Because yes, a lot of us are able to build up this facade on social media And all we post are all the perfect pictures, all the perfect non-crying babies out on family vacation, doing things that seem just like a fairyland story, but you don't see the struggle and the arguments and the late night tantrums trying to get your child to bed that pretty much every parent at one point in time will be going through. Could you imagine if social media is flipped and we only posted all the negative hard things in our life? You'd probably feel a thousand percent better because, you know, your life isn't that bad. Sidetrack, I think that's why a lot of us watch those murder mysteries or like the crime scene shows so we can compare ourselves and be like, well, at least it's not that bad. I know Mama Wine Night and TV binging on those shows definitely gives me that boost of confidence that like, you know, it's not that bad. (laughs) Anyway. There is more in this chapter too that I I really like related to and I do again I really encourage you to go by the book it's very short and a lot of it really helps you kind of like see the bigger picture 
with not comparing yourself. But you just take a lifetime, right? It takes a whole child's lifetime to raise them. And so you can't base how one single day or one intention is going to affect them in the future. But you do know that they do observe everything and absorb everything that you're going through, right? So here's another passage in her book that I do want to call out. So can we walk into school year and remember that we're raising our children into the adults that they'll become? Our valiant effort endeavors will take us a lifetime of effort, a single day, or even a handful of days. When you aren't the mom of the century, it won't make or break your kid. It's the intention to do well that will see them through. It's the lessons in grace and self-care and realistic expectations where you teach them about what you're capable of that will truly serve them later on. Choose a handful of things that you rock at as a mom. Then knock those out of the park as often as you can. The other stuff, give yourself permission to do the best you can and the grace to be peaceful on the days when you miss the mark. For me, that means like a whole bunch of stuff of exactly what she said, but like a couple of bad days of dropping your kids off late to school or dropping them off for getting their lunch is not going to make or break their entire lives. They're going to see that you are in fact a human being and how you recover from those situations is going to play really well into how they recover from those situations. Just think about it. Think about a time where uh, maybe you are very, very stressed out and they did something or you forgot to do something and instead of just being like, okay, we can redirect course, we can go back, I can pick up things and I'll drop them off or I'll rearrange the day to make this work. Instead of having those plans and speaking them out in front of your kid, you just got very like irritated. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're doing this again. Oh, this is never going to get any better, blah, 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 blah. Now think of you saying these things and your kid absorbing them. What is your kid learning? They're seeing that when difficult situations pop up, no matter how small, it's okay to then just be really extremely frustrated about it and let it all out versus, okay, something changed. Something did not go as planned. Let's readjust. Let's think through this and carry on with our day. So it is really important to let the small stuff go. Sometimes we miss the mark some days and that is totally, absolutely, 100% okay. And it takes a lot of time to grow and to really understand that as a mom. And when I was a single mom, it really, I only had myself and a couple of friends who were not parents. I had one friend who was a parent, but you know, going through the same thing, nobody was really able to sit there and say, Hey, it's totally going to be okay. Like you are going to make it through this. I had to do a whole lot of self-talk and I actually started reading a whole lot of self-help books. Uh, if you had read in my earlier podcasts or read, haha, listened, um, I had to go out and buy a whole lot of self-help books because I did not know who to turn to, what to ask, the questions I needed to even be thinking of. And the self-help books really helped me digest the fact that I am not the only one going through my emotions and feelings and there's actually a whole world of people out there, other mamas just like me, who are looking for these answers. And that kind of brings me into the next segment. There's a couple more things in her book that I want to outline um, that really like sung home for me. And I think too, if you're like a new mom or if you're a mom that has like 
a situation in your life completely like turn everything upside down that this is these are the ways that we kind of work through it um, but sometimes it can be hard because when you're in those moments of things going not to plan you really can just be lost and kind of like in shock and not really know where to turn or what to do for me I can remember this day so clearly um, when my daughter's father was going through whatever it was he was doing um basically he was no longer in the house I still had a full-time job and I had a a newborn I think she might have been around six months at this time I was still in a daze trying to like fully comprehend understand how in the world my story did not turn out the way that I wanted it to be you know the perfect mom dad together with their baby raising it getting the dog having the house white picket fence scenario right So for me, when that all came burning down in a dumpster fire, I really had a hard time believing what I should do next because I, that was not my plan. That is not what the plan was. He completely ruined the plan. And the thing for me, the hardest thing for me during that time was uh, I was supporting her 100%. So I had no financial help, but I was full-time working mom. I worked 40 hours a week. I brought home work with me and I was making enough to just get by, but, uh, taking care of the house on my own and all of the, the daycare costs, I think it was like 300 and something crazy dollars a week for daycare. Um, and then just supporting the bills in the house and my car and all that stuff. I literally had no money left over at the end of the week from my paycheck. Uh, And I was more negative than anything. I think I've maxed out so many different credit cards to department stores just to buy her diapers and keep things going and keep us fed and stuff like that. And so I had a moment where I was at work. I was walking past the bulletin board and I was not even reading anything on the bulletin board, but I was staring at it so intently. And people were walking by me and didn't even take notice. They just saw me staring at the bulletin board. But I know that my eyes were like absolutely glazed over and I was just thinking so intently about the fact that if I quit my job today or had them let me go so it looked like I got fired, that the state would help me, right? I could get on the system. I could find an apartment in Section 8 to live in. I could get food stamps. I could get half my car payment made. I could get so much more from living off the state than I would going to work. Not only that, I would be able to spend every day with my daughter and know that she was safe instead of leaving her at daycares and asking different family members and friends to watch her. So the idea of that scenario of leaving my job and becoming a stay-at-home mom and living off the system because there really wasn't a way for me to not live off the system with no income, it seemed so nice. It seemed easy. And as I stared at that bulletin board, I realized that like easy might not be the best thing, right? Because my mom lived off the system and she amazingly, and I, I'm so proud of her for this, with us three girls was able to get herself off of the system, which back in like the early 2000s was not easy based on the administration we were in. They built the system so that you would never have to get off of it. Um, 
So thinking about how hard it would have been if I ever wanted to go back into the workforce, and then you think about uh, how moms are looked at for having gaps of times in their resume from their career to become a single mom, and how that's not taken into account that like when you're a stay-at-home mom and a single mom, that you actually have to keep up on the organizational skills and busy work and all those skills that you have, but it doesn't translate into the work environment. And I know a lot of us feel that and know that all too well. So I thought about this and I weighed all these things. And then I weighed the fact that if I continued doing what I was doing in the places that I lived, it was going to be extremely hard. Like I would lose, I would lose a lot of stuff. And I made a decision at that point to keep working because I, I knew that getting off the system would have been really hard to, to move into that life would have changed things for me and her in a way that I did not want her to grow up in. So I made that choice and it, it didn't come easy because with that choice, I had to rehome my animals because I knew that I had to cut expenses wherever I could to start saving up money and, and be able to afford the these things on my own. So I had a dog and a cat and they were rehomed and then I, I owned my own home but the mortgage kept going up every year with the interest rates and it became unmanageable at that point. So I put my house up for sale. I think I only made $900 off the sale of that house which made me so angry because that wasn't even enough for first months and a security deposit on an apartment but luckily the landlord was able to help me out there. I moved into a tiny itty bitty apartment above somebody's main house. Um, the bathroom wasn't even big enough. It, there was no tub. It was a standing shower. So I literally had to wash my daughter in a plastic tote um, for bath times. But you know what? It all worked out. Um, yeah, I had to make all those decisions and they were really hard. But I had the one goal in mind, which was to take care of my child. And I did that for a really long time. I took care of her. And for the first three years of her life, all she saw was the sacrifices and the things that I made. Uh, and I became very stressed. I was very unhealthy. I drank wine a lot. I never ate full meals. And I wasn't exercising. And my body was starting just to like not be okay mentally and physically. So I had to come to another decision point, right? Do I keep living this way? Because is, is this the way that um, supports my daughter's growth and well-being? Or do I make another hard decision and find a way to take care of myself along with taking care of herself? And I'll tell you that journey of taking care of myself has been like eight years in the making because I would try something and then fall off and then do at-home workouts and then stop and then go to a gym and then that became too hard and it just was so back and forth. Um, and it's a hard habit to learn. But it was important to eventually get on that road of health and fitness and mental health and keeping myself in check when things would start to go bad or back south. I had to stay strong and positive and, and show her that, yes, all these things are extremely hard and mommy's having a hard time. But we talked to them. I talked to her like an adult. And that kid, she understood very well after a while how like life is hard right now. 
and things are not what mom wants, but she's doing what she can to work through them. And I really hope in my mind that that showed her kind of like what resilience truly looks like. Because I feel like for a lot of us, when we say we are resilient or our kids are resilient, it comes from a place of we get beat down and something bad happens to us and we fall down, we cry, we have a couple of bad nights and then we just get back up and go back to how things were without even like acknowledging what we just been through. We don't talk about it. We don't share our issues or the trauma of whatever happened. But for us to show resilience, it's about getting back up, being tough, putting a brave face on and just hunkering down and getting through the life with this new issue. And for me, you know, I, we never really talked about feelings in that sense for growing up because we just did what we had to do to get by. And I took that on as a shield of armor, if you will, to be in survival mode and take care of the people that needed to, to be taken care of. Um, but I realized that I don't want my daughter to not know like what's happening behind the scenes. Because if you, if you grow up and you only see somebody being brave and tough and strong, then you grow up thinking that that is how you have to be to be successful or to survive in this world. You always have to be hard. You have to be strong. You have to put down your emotions, not cry about it, move on and, and take on life as it is. But the truth is, is I was feeling all these things and I was super depressed and sad and my kid is so empathetic. She knew something was wrong and I am a horrible, horrible liar. So when she was about three or four years old, I just started talking to her like an adult about my feelings and the things were happening and she got it. Like it didn't make her any less happy or sad. She's like, okay all right, yeah, so we're having a hard time right now. We have to move again. And I can't tell you how many times we had to move. But every time before we moved, I was like, hey, Maddie, we have to uh, have to pack up everything. We're going to go to our new home. We're going to get a new room. We're going to have new friends. Um, but, you know, things are hard here. This isn't the place we want to stay. And I want to do something different. She'd be like, okay. And she kind of like rolled the, the changes with me. And I actually had the the chance to move out to California um and we did that and she was like okay and then I was like all right well now we have to leave California and she's like well that sucks because the weather is amazing <laughs> and you know as she gets older it becomes a little bit harder because she does make closer connections with friends but we talk it through like adults and we move on to the next phase of our life and I'd like to think that a lot of that came from my own self-awareness and one thing that you know, the decision that I made to stay a working mom obviously was a good one. But another decision that I made, I think it was after I read Rachel's book originally, was um, the comparison of myself to other women, um, not just moms, but other women in general. Because, you know, when you become a mom or a single mom and you see um, other women out there who are not mothers yet, who don't have the struggles of raising a child or having to choreographer their whole day around childcare and pickup and all that stuff you can get really envious like ah oh, that life it must be so nice but then you can get very angry when that same person is like oh I'm just so tired you know work is just so much right now and blah 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 and I, I spent all night out Saturday night having a good time and now I'm exhausted and you just want to be like good for you that's great do you want to do my life for a little bit <laughs> And I used to be like that so much. I used to just 
have those conversations in my head and I get so angry at these women but I realize now that like that only was detrimental to myself because I was comparing myself to a life that was not mine into a woman who had none of the same experiences I did so how fair was it to me to put myself down in those ways when other women choose to live their life differently right the only way to really be open about certain things is to make friendships with these women whether they're not mothers or the other moms that you feel judged by and truly like you know become friends with them and learn that hey their life is actually really not perfect right the caregiver role whether you're a parent or not there could be women out there that do take care of their parents or grandparents and it's just as hard as taking care of a toddler but if we only look at it from the surface level and we see that this woman is tired and we know she's not a mom and we judge her on that like that's not fair because we really don't know what her life is like maybe her spouse is sick or going through a trauma or something else and she doesn't have to explain that to me it's not my it's not my personal business to know what she's going through just like the same thing with other moms out there some moms could have kids that are angels and other moms could have kids that are angels in public but little terrors when they're home alone with them it's not my place to judge how that mom decides to take care of herself right if she goes out and every saturday is her day who am I to be like, oh my God, what do you do with your children every Saturday? Like, why don't you spend all of your waking moments with your kids? Why are you taking time for yourself? That's not cool. I'm a single mom. I can't do that. That is so not fair of me because I have no idea what that other mom is going through. Just like that mom has no idea what I go through raising a child on my own and all the guilt I put on myself for how I blame every aspect of my father my daughter's father's relationship and mine on me and I hold full responsibility for all the things that he chose to do and I live with that guilt every day whereas that mom could be looking at me as well and say well at least you don't have to deal with the father because her father that she chose to stay with is awful so ladies my point is is there's so many women there's so many moms there's single moms there's married moms There's so many of us out there that have our own personal struggles and things that we're dealing with every day. And for us to go out to Target and look how somebody is disciplining their child or listen to how they're talking to each other or if we know a friend that decides to take a whole day of rest just to feel normal because their house can be a little crazy, we have no place to say, well, that's not cool that's not fair. That's not like normal. They're a bad parent. They're not a bad parent. They are parenting in the way that is the best for them. Just like you are parenting in the way that is the best for you. Some things I've learned lately is that our compassion level for others has been like non-existent, even though we all just went through a huge pandemic and a whole ton of social injustices that have been brought to light. And you know, the things that are happening today. Yet there are still women out there that hold that judgment of like, well, you're not parenting the way I parent, so you must be a bad parent. We've got to stop that. It has to end. We need to have compassion for each other because we truly do not know what the other person is going through, just like they do not know what you are going through. So ladies, let's take a step 
and have a breath and really look at what we are doing as far as judgment goes and just stop. Maybe have a little bit more compassion when you see that mom struggling with a toddler at the Target who's screaming their head off because they want a candy bar and they truly do not need it and the mother says no, which then spurts a fold-down traumatizing meltdown in the middle of the store and all that parent can do is either give in or walk away and when we see those parents like I just want to go up and give them a hug but I just smile at them and know that they are doing the best that they can do just like you are doing the best that you can do all right so hopefully that all made sense this is only my second podcast and you know I'm still learning the ropes I know it's not perfect but imperfection, I think, is it's going to be my theme this year. But the last thing I want to say to you um, from Rachel's book, I've kind of already touched on already, but, you know, we have to look at ourselves, look at our own evidence about, you know, if, if we truly are not a good mom. How are your kids acting? How are they in general, right? Are they good and well-behaved? Do they get their schoolwork done? Do they make beautiful pieces of art for you? That's all good signs that you're doing a good job. Are they fed? Are they alive? Are they breathing? Also great signs that you are doing a good job. How about you? Are you alive? Are you fed? Are you breathing? If you're not doing one of those, I'd suggest that you take a a moment and fix that because, you know, in order for you to take care of your child, you need to be doing okay. Also, Go out and make friends with other moms, especially the ones that you feel like are judging you. If it's easy to do so, I would reach out and just strike up a conversation with them. You can tell pretty quickly, you know, if somebody is being extremely fake, it's because they're hiding a lot of trauma or something that they do not want the world to see. And maybe it'll give you a little bit of a moment to like pause and understand that, yeah, she may be judging me hard, but there's reasons behind it. And maybe that'll give you insight to give somebody a little bit more compassion and lessen your worry about how you're being perceived as a parent because we all know that we're all struggling on some level. And lastly, focus on the quality. Quality of your time with your children is so important. And I know for a lot of working bumps out there, it can be really hard because our our working life requires us to be late at work or to miss games or to not be able to sign our children up for sports. I'm in that bucket right now. And sometimes we miss the practices or we can't be at the shows or we can't give the extra like time to really help them succeed in whatever it is that they want to do. But if we focus on the time that we do have for their kids, like after dinner, instead of just like everybody going to their own room, playing on their iPads or watching TV, have a game night, spend some quality time, read to your kid. Those things matter and they're really important. And your kid, your kid will understand eventually if they if they're too young to understand now that mommy works whatever they'll understand that you're doing what is best for you and the family as well as they understand that you still love them like that's the most important part so mamas thank you all for tuning in and i really hope that something in here sparked a little bit of insight or helped relieve a little worry but i do recommend go get her book and and read it for yourself or listen to it on audible Her audiobooks are way more exciting because she's the one reading it and you can just feel that connection with her as an author and a mama. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Uh, Thank you for listening and I hope that you can catch my next podcast when it launches. All right, mamas, have a great day.